While the world has agreed to accelerate the energy transition, it is still heavily reliant on oil and gas. As economies bounce back from the COVID-19 pandemic at the fastest rate in 50 years, demand has outpaced supply. And after almost a decade of underinvestment in our industry, the world has sleepwalked into a supply crunch. It is time to wake up. Hi, I'm Mustafa Al-Rawi, the National's Assistant Editor-in-Chief, and you're joining the Business Extra live from ADIPEC, the oil and gas conference and exhibition in Abu Dhabi. I'm sure you can hear that ambiance, all the action, all the noise. We're at the national stand, and we're going to talk about all the big themes that are happening this week. With me is co-host and the National's future editor, Kelsey Warner. Hi, Kelsey. Hi, Mustafa. Are you enjoying the ambiance? I'm enjoying the energy. So we've got, I mean, global big oil is here, energy ministers, the UAE, Saudi Arabia, Egypt, Russia, India, the majors, BP, Exxon, and the like. We're surrounded by all of the big players whom I think everyone is curious to know what they're talking about post-COP26. Well, they made it very much. Uh, the, the momentum was there coming out of Glasgow and, and, and beginning here today on the first day. Um, and we, we literally had a deal um, not long ago in, in Glasgow, hours ago, if you like. And, and now we're, we're looking forward to how we can deliver on a lot of the commitments. But, but I think a big message this morning um, at the opening of the conference uh, from Dr. Sultan Al-Jabber, who's the uh, ADNOC Chief Executive and Managing Director, but also Ministry, Minister of Industry, Advanced Technology, and also the UAE's Climate Change Envoy who was in Glasgow, his message was the expertise is here and the, the, the energy industry's expertise can help shape the solutions that will take us to net zero. The energy industry actually must come up with the solutions because it is this industry that is dictating our fate in the next half century and our ability to meet the climate target of 1.5 degrees centigrade. And COP26 failed to really make commitments that will meet that goal. We are still fated to, you know, face a climate, face a planet Earth that has rising temperatures, wildfires and the like. I mean, the reality is striking, but this year it does feel like at Adapec, the conversation is genuinely around an energy transition. Acceptance feels like a theme to me. Well, there was mention of the transition. Uh, the transition would take time. The transition would involve, um, you know, legacy uh, energy like fossil fuels. It would continue to, and we have a, an energy supply crunch at the moment in various parts of the world. We have record high natural gas prices because there's been underinvestment, because demand has come back so quickly after the COVID-19 pandemic that we can't necessarily meet that demand as quickly. So Dr. Al-Jabra also mentioned uh, annually, we're gonna need $600 billion of investment to meet this demand. Um, he didn't say that was investment only in, in, in fossil fuels, but investment across the board to meet that, that demand. Also, we need sustainable economic growth. And that was another message from Mohammed El-Aryan, who spoke this morning, he talked about the uncertainty of the economic situation, about how um, you know, we, we needed to be careful at this moment to, to sustain that economic growth. I liked Mohammed's uh, uneven, unusual, and uncertain. That those are the three U's of the next decade of our economic shape. The shape of recovery will be nothing but unpredictable and uneven. And then throughout the 
planet, this will be an uneven recovery from COVID-19 as well as now the energy crunch, which Dr. Al Jaber, I thought, vividly described as we sleepwalked into this energy crunch. And so we really need to. He said, call to action now, time to wake up. Uh, that line was was very powerful about sleepwalking into this energy crunch. Um, I mean, I mean, certainly that it's a call. To, it's a call to action. There's a lot of, as you were saying, the big buzz here. You can hear it um, in in terms of, of where the national stand is, right in the heart of of, of Adipec. And you could you, you see all the companies that are down here. Uh, you see the the government presence, as you were talking about. And it does it does seem as if we head towards. COP28, which the UAE will host in two years, and we have Egypt in between at COP27. The, the conversation is shifting to this part of the world, also including what's going on in Asia as well. And that's very, very important. When we talk about climate justice, the most vulnerable people to climate change are in this part of the world, in Asia, in the Middle East. They're not in the West, necessarily. Right. And we also, I think, excitingly, coming out of COP26, money to emerging countries that need the most help to survive this century. They doubled the amount of allocation that is going to those countries. I think that was a bright point of the last week. But the other thing too is the energy system, the rewiring of our energy system is a multi-trillion dollar opportunity and one that the UAE is saying loudly, we're open to for business on this opportunity and we're looking for partners. I mean, since, since the 1980s, since I can remember, um, since, since time began for me. <laughs> Take us back, Mr. Yes, <laughs> indeed. Um, the, it's been a fear-based a fear -based message. It's been a fear-based message or a moral message or a, or a guilt message uh, to do what we needed to do to, to save the planet. Uh, that works to an extent. I mean, we had some success with the ozone layer, for example, of changing people's habits with that. But, but it has a limit. And, and to be honest, and, and I'm going to sound really cynical, but I think I'm a realist, self-interest is the most powerful force in the universe. And if there really is that opportunity, it's trillions of dollars as part of the energy transition to help us make net zero, then that is what's going to make it happen. And the net zero transition too, it's a high wire act. And I, I feel it really today in the discussions, what a high wire act this is going to be. And it's so complicated. And a lot of the conversation here is about lowering the carbon emissions of oil and oil production and how technology can accelerate the efficiencies that we need in oil and gas, which is still the bedrock energy of the planet. And just, you know, the economic fallout of us abandoning. There's no there's no on-off switch to oil and gas. This is a transition and it's going to take decades. And I think that that's just an interesting thing to ponder. But carbon emissions and oil is, well, is it's something, an honest, yeah. I feel like there's a, it's an honest message. It's an honest discussion. Yes. And, 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 and what happened in Glasgow was there was a very honest discussion. So in the last few years, there's been a, a big kind of pushback against climate action. And to a certain extent, in, in, in jurisdictions like the US, there, there still is, you know. But it does seem like the debate somehow has reached a, a threshold where we're no longer fighting too hard to prove that we need to act. But it's how, how to act now that's going forward and if, if we, we're honest about it whether it's you know the indian uh, indian leader uh, narendra modi um saying saying to the world we're going to do this but we're going to do it according to our priorities or if it's listening here and saying that you know we're not going to switch off oil and gas as much as you might want it no and au contraire we are actually increasing output over the next decade while at the same time still committed to net zero 
the UAE has been rather frank, they will be increasing output over the next decade while at the same time working to hit their net zero target by 2050. And how do you do that? You actually really dig into the carbon efficiency of the extraction and refining process. And Adnoc does believe that they have the technology underlying it to, to achieve that. Uh, and that's that's very interesting in contrast to oil majors like BP who are saying that they're slashing output by 40% in the next decade, that that transition is on. Adnoc actually is boosting output while at the same time well, boosting, for, boosting capacity. Boosting capacity. Yeah. But the, the, if I would say that it means that, and this is where it gets real, so it means that you have to scale up carbon capture. Really got to scale that up on a, on a really high High, high curve. Which they plan on doing. So it's 800,000 annually right now, and they plan on increasing to 5 million tons per year, carbon capture and sequester. So they have that target in line. And, um, and, and methane as well. You have to really accelerate action on methane, and you have to accelerate tackling that because it's, it has a much more a shorter-term horizon impact on the environment, but you can tackle it, and we're only beginning to understand um, how important it is. And, and there's been this pledge at COP26 to tackle methane. So that's something else. That's another route. Right. And so there's these these specificities you can have in these conversations where I think the last few months has been about vilifying the fossil fuels industry and, you know, claiming or, you know, factually stating fossil fuels are the source of our climate change issues. But we need to get in the weeds and come up with technical solutions so that we don't have an economic collapse in the transition. How do we manage a transition while also boosting economies? The illustration that we have right now of both the energy crisis in, in terms of supply, high, high gas prices, and also issues with the supply chain show us how dangerous it can be to be too hasty and too one-dimensional in how we tackle the path to net zero. However, there is always the danger that it can be used as an excuse to not deliver on what needs to be done. And we've talked a lot about the UAE, and the UAE is a very good example, but if we focus on the Middle East and North Africa, it's not one size fits all. There is a very different story across the board. And forgetting other bigger regions like Africa and elsewhere. So there isn't necessarily that singular focus, that strategy, that nuance out there. And they may just continue doing what they're doing without support, without collaboration. And you talked about climate justice. You talked about investment. There has to be incentive for, the, for other countries to really begin to change. Do you see any of that incentive happening elsewhere outside our UAE borders? Well, this is where you need multilateral organizations. This is where you need governments to really deliver on these pledges. It's important to understand that it can't happen on its own. You know, countries can pledge as much as they want. And there was, um, you know, Jennifer Nian, our energy correspondent, was saying to us before we started the podcast that the Kuwait oil minister was there and he was talking about realistic pledges versus pledges you won't meet. So we want to be ambitious, yes, but at the same time, help people be more than just realistic you know, help those countries that need, that need acceleration to make that leap. So you, you, have, you have to be, again, I think it comes down to self-interest. It comes down to see the opportunity to come in and help. You know, help me help you, all that nonsense, right? Mm -hmm. But too, 
bring it back to the UAE once again, but still, the principles of the 50, what they're putting forward around industrialization, industry 4.0, and just the technology backing to the industry, the Help Me Help You is so relevant there because it's entirely partnerships-based. They're not going to accomplish what they want to accomplish without Microsoft, without AWS. And interestingly, here at Adipec, major branding opportunities I'm seeing from AWS, Microsoft, and the big tech giants. It's, this is not just an oil story here this week. We're also seeing big tech really playing an increasing role, which two years on when digitalization was a real theme, I think at the last Adipec, digitalization feels like a foregone conclusion this year. They're, they're here, they're at the table, they're part of the conversation. It's no longer really a sales push. It's a, here are the products that we have, implement them. So it's been said so many times, and I and I want to, I want your perspective as as future editor. You, you cover this. Are you this about to beat. say data is the new oil? No, no, oh. no. I, 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 I don't believe that. I don't believe anything's the new oil. Oil is the new oil. Oil is the oil. Yeah, data's data. But um, I think to ask to ask of you for your genuine perspective um, from everything you've seen, are we seeing acceleration of those trends that were in place? Is that what's happening post-COVID with sustainability, with the net zero? Or is that just a, a, you know, a catchphrase that makes everyone feel better about themselves? Artificial intelligence, internet of things, robotics, those are sort of three key themes at Adipec. And there's certainly many products to be bought and sold around those three key themes this week. Um, I took a walk over by the startup section this morning and spoke to some entrepreneurs who are selling some, some gadgets. Those startup founders' belief really is we can make the oil and gas industry safer, smarter, more responsive. You know, it will emit less carbon if you can be more responsive to, you know, changes in pipelines. Like whatever, whatever the threat is, you can actually use AI, robotics, and IoT devices to extract more value out of each barrel of oil. And value means both the cost of that barrel of oil, but also the environmental value that that barrel of oil represents. And, you know, I, I do this year see some real technological solutions in the industry that I think are going to be bought here, but I will say it's, it's a hardware industry and uh, digitalization push feels, you know, it, they've been laggards. They've been slow to adopt. It's, it's not healthcare. It's not education. These are, these are old fashioned, mostly gentlemen here at this uh, conference this week. And uh, they, they got to move fast because they are behind other industries. Kelsey Warner, the National's Future Editor and co-host. Thanks so much. Good to be here. So we were live at Adipec just now. Please do come down and see us. Uh, we're in the atrium. We have a stand uh, if you are here. Um, otherwise, you can catch all our coverage, not just of Adipec, but all trends to do with net zero, sustainability, energy, you name it, at thenationalnews.com. And of course, if you do like this show, please do subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Let me thank our production team, Arthur Edison, Aisha Khan, and you all for listening. Do join us again next time. 